Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to Your Daily Hash, and we are about to cover the news for today. So what are we going to talk about today? So we are going to talk about three web giants that could be decentralized on a blockchain. According to Coinbase, the web has taken over our lives, and with that, online enterprises have grown into huge monoliths of power. Yet while tech giants give us access to stuff like music, movies, shopping, blockchain enthusiasts think an individual's web experience could be greatly improved by decentralization. And if the web giants decentralize, the web itself would, will become a wildly different place. It's hard to even wrap your head around, just like it would have been impossible to imagine meme culture in 1999. When they say meme culture, the fact that you can pretty much turn anything into a joke, any moment that people do into some type of joke and put it on the internet and hundreds of people will laugh at it. Thousands of people, correct, uh, correction. Today, a site and its database are one entity. In the decentralized version, the database doesn't belong to its creators, it belongs to the community, and that community can build lots of different business models on top of the database. Think of it like this. If the web had been decentralized from the beginning, you could have made your first social media profile on Friendster in 2003. Then, when MySpace came along, you wouldn't need to create a new profile. You just give MySpace permission to access the one you had already made for Friendster, and the same thing for uh, Facebook. Obviously, each new site would add new features. Sorry about that. Each new site would add new features and ways of thinking. But users would not have needed to start over, lose friends from other sites, or the content created on pl prior platforms. Um, are those advantages strong enough to append the dot-com era's familiar incumbents? So, entrepreneurs and the various investors who have committed capital, whether it be in the form of traditional VC or perhaps more common in the space today, through initial coin offerings or ICOs, have made their bets that it is. And with ICOs providing not only a new fundraising mechanism for these blockchain startups, but also a tool for users to interact with these new distributed networks, the underlying infrastructure for a new internet, a Web 3.0, is growing. Below are three verticals on the web blockchain that's, sorry, below are three verticals on the web that blockchain startups are aiming to take market share from through the use of crypto tokens. So uh, more or less what it goes into is it talks about how decentralization can more or less disrupt some of the big players. The first player being eBay, the second player being YouTube, and the third player being Apple Music. Uh, we're going to take a quick break here and we're going to go to the second portion so that there's enough time to finish the second part. This is a continuation from the first part. The first part of this uh, podcast talked about three web giants that could be decentralized on a blockchain and they're eBay, YouTube and Apple Music. And then this part is going to go a little bit deeper and we're going to talk about eBay in this portion. So while eBay is an Internet OG in some um, in a sense. In the early days of the web, there were also other sites built around specific products, such as comic books, where sellers could, where sellers sold directly to buyers. One might imagine that focused marketplaces would naturally provide a better customer experience, but eBay, which offered an array of different products, proved that wrong. It turned out that it was better to sell comic books on the site. It also sold bicycle parts because someone might come looking for one and end up buying both. On top of that, it was just easier to remember one site for buying stuff rather than many. Well, there's nothing stopping a seller from offering one product on a specialized site and a general site such as eBay. It would take sophisticated software to make sure that the same item didn't get sold twice and eBay doesn't want to make that thing kind of easy. I mean, eBay does not want to make that kind of thing easy. But what if consumers could have both? What if the comic books, for example, lived in the same database as all of the other products but different websites could be built around that data? In that way, a listing could show up in a variety of marketplaces, but if one listing sold on any one marketplace, it would show up as sold on all of them. That's possible according to Guy uh, Chuang, the CEO of Lista, 
an existing marketplace that, that is developing a decentralized version of eBay called Link Protocol. I mean, Inc. Protocol, sorry about that. Inc. Protocol's vision is to decentralize peer-to-peer -peer marketplaces, taking the power away from the companies that run them and giving it back to the buyers and seller. As a result, more value is distributed back to the actual user. In an effort to create this system, uh, Listia plans to sell $15 million worth of crypto tokens starting on January 29th. Listia will also seed early users of, it, of its existing marketplace where people already earn Listia credits for trading items peer-to-peer -peer with the token. Listia credits will convert into the crypto tokens as the blockchain network launches. It's a similar goal to OB1's Open Bazaar, one of the longest running and most popular decentralized marketplaces except that OB1 is also focused on making it easier for users to transact anonymously and you only use Bitcoin for transacting. Yet. That could soon change as OB1 CEO Brian Hoffman announced at Token Summit recently that company would, um, sorry, that that company would be pursuing a token offering in response to increased congestion on the Bitcoin network. Speaking to benefits of a decentralized marketplace, Listia's Chuang said, sellers in decentralized marketplaces have the freedom to use any platform they like at any time while bringing that hard-earned reputation with them wherever they go. All right, so we're going to stop here and we are going to go to part two, I mean, part three, actually, where we talk about YouTube. How can YouTube be sent? I mean, how can YouTube benefit from decentralization or how can decentralized uh, platforms take advantage of the fact that YouTube is centralized in the sense of uh, all the videos strictly on YouTube? All right, all right, all right, it's time for YouTube. So YouTube is the number one place in the world to share and search for video. You know that and I know that, so now we're gonna talk about how decentralization can affect YouTube. While the site has created a new career path for content creators, as you know, there are numerous people on YouTube who are full-time bloggers, full-time news reporters, whatever they do, they're doing it full-time and they use YouTube because YouTube pays them. The tensions between those creators and its central administrators, administrators have become heated. Uh, in case you didn't know, there have been several situations in YouTube where because of YouTube's policies, several people have been falsely, um, several people have been demonetized on their videos, causing them to lose money, and several people have been falsely flagged, several people have been banned. There are numerous occasions of people being falsely flagged where if you flag a YouTuber's account enough or you flag their videos enough, they'll get strikes on their account and they'll get banned, virtually losing their livelihood. Content creators suffer as YouTube decreases its revenue share with video makers and uses automation to pull advertisements from their videos if they suspect the videos display offensive or inappropriate behavior, catching some suitable videos in its wide net. Consumers, meanwhile, complain that advertisements are becoming too prevalent on the site in general. Agreed. Um, if you were using YouTube in say like uh, 2009, 2010, you didn't see the amount of ads that you see on the website now. It's kind of ridiculous. Um, literally, you'll get an ad on every single video. Some ads can be 30 seconds. Some ads can be five seconds. Some ads can even be 10 minutes long on some of these videos. And also, if you have the app on your phone, you cannot um, play music in the background or anything in the background unless you buy the YouTube Red app. Unless you pay for a YouTube Red subscription. Sorry about that. Um, continuing on, a new generation of startups believes decentralizing their platforms will allow content creators to interact directly with their audiences with the use of the crypto token. A crypto token at the same time users will get more choice in how their attention can be monetized they can view ads release personal information or even contribute part of their computing power to operation to the operation of the system 
BitTorrent, with more than 250 million users worldwide, has already proven to be capable of delivering good quality content in a decentralized and compelling manner, said Adrian Gerlich. CEO of Flixo. Flixo is a decentralized video sharing platform that closed its token sale in November. Flixo is doing very well for themselves. I'm glad that they ICO'd and I'm glad that they're out there. They're releasing a very good product. I recommend everybody look at it. Released in 2001, BitTorrent works by connecting users to copies of content held on other people's devices rather than a centralized server system. So instead of me going to youtube.com to get a uh, to get a video or to download something, I'm going to my friends to get these um, videos. My friends have bits and pieces of videos and then I get it from all my friends instead of going to one place to get it. And Garelic envisions making the torrent network more robust by giving people more incentive to host content by earning cryptocurrency. That's always been one of the, uh, not necessarily downfalls, but that's always been one of the drawbacks. You don't really get anything for sharing. When you share, you necessarily, when you share your content, you, you sometimes bear the risk of federal people going after you, or you bear the risk of the fact that um, you, 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 you're potentially having a whole bunch of people connect to whatever file you're hosting. There, there's a risk associated with everything, and it seems like with uh, torrents, there's no, there really isn't much of an incentive to do it, to host your files. But with cryptocurrency, that could change everything. So by creating this incentivized network, any kind of content could be distributed in a peer-to-peer -peer fashion with a lot of monetization possibilities. According to Flixo creators, users of peer-to-peer -peer file sharing platforms have been in need of an effective peer-to-peer -peer payment system to make platforms more useful. And that seems to be a thought shared by a number of blockchain-based startups looking to decentralize file sharing, including Stream. Uh, they have a streamer token, there's also Theta and Livepeer, and each of it has their own. Also, there's uh, Steemit, the Steemit cryptocurrency, I mean the Steemit um, social media platform also has DTube and DLive. DTube stands for Decentralized Tube, you know, like YouTube, and then DLive is for Decentralized Live Video. And that's not all of them, there are handfuls of players at each level of the online video stack. And as explained by another decentralized video company, uh, parody in a blog post, what we see forming is not a single pyramidal stack. It is a choice of one piece of tech inevitably disabling another. Rather, what we are protocol silos, sorry about that, rather what we have are protocol silos with more or less interoperable layers. All right, so I'm gonna cut it there and we're gonna get to Apple Music next. Another service. back again what are we going to talk about now we're going to talk about kraken in case you didn't know kraken is the fifth largest cryptocurrency exchange and what are we going to talk about today they have resumed their service after scheduled maintenance that was supposed to take two hours but instead took two days that was crazy um they definitely uh over promised and under delivered but uh the unexpectedly long downtime agitated many people people were pissed off rightfully so, since not only trading but also withdrawals were unable for the period, so they couldn't even move their money to other exchanges, during which coin prices gyrated on bearish news coming out of South Korea. So here's the situation that they got going on. Kraken is effed up, it's locked up, people are trying to move their money out but they can't move their money out because the exchange is not working right now, and then combine the fact that the exchange is not working with the fact that and you had the news that happened in South Korea where the Ministry of Justice was trying to pass a bill to ban all crypto trading which causes which caused price to sorry about that and that caused prices to not skyrocket um prices went into the dirt because of that even though it, it 
we know it's not happening. People still panic sell according to news. People are emotional. Trading is very emotional for new people because they don't understand. But so how does this affect cracking? People can't react to the market, which you could argue is a good thing. But in the case of this, I'm going to argue it's a bad thing. Um, and because people can't react to the market, they're like, damn, man, like all this is going on. I can't take out my profit and I can't cut my losses per se. And I just have to wait. And so much is going on. But as a penance source, the exchange based in San Francisco is waiving trading fees for all its clients through the end of the month. It said in a blog post published Saturday. However, the waiver does not apply to non-margin trades. So they're trying to make up for this by saying, okay, there's no trading fees until the end of the month. We have to, we are sorry. Um, we apologize. In a blog post, the company reassured clients that their funds were kept safe during the incident and expressed uh, contrition saying, and I quote, we apologize for the uncertainty our downtime has caused. The scheduled downtime was to replace our old trading engine with a brand new trading engine and a proven that customers have long asked for and that we have long been working hard on. Great. Possibly longer though? It all started when Kraken gave customers a heads up on Wednesday that the next day it would be offline for a systems update. Oh great, you tell us the day before. The company estimated that this upgrade would take about two hours, possibly longer. As scheduled, the downtime begun Thursday at 5 UTC according to a status page on Kraken's website, but the rest did not go according to plan. Oh my God, really? We got a late start and the upgrade is moving slower than anticipated, Kraken said on the page at 7.34 UTC, about half an hour after the work was initially expected to be done. A few more hours went by with a couple updates from Kraken, then at 15.27, it looked like there was a light at the end of the tunnel with Kraken telling users, quote, we are in the final stage of installing the upgrade now that was supposed to take two hours. We are getting close, but hard to give an exact ETA since it depends on how the final testing goes. Oh man, no such luck. Three and a half hours later, Kraken said it had to now resolve a number of issues that came up during the final testing. They effed up and that it cannot give a hard estimate for when that would be done. The pattern of periodic updates, but no resumption of service continued. Yes. This is our new record for downtime since we launched in 2013, one update confessed. No, we're not proud about it. Oh, at least you're honest. All the while, users were unable to access their funds. Understandably, understandably, I, I butchered that. Many of them took to social media to voice their complaints, and I quote, hashtag cracking, hashtag cracking down, hashtag longest silence between update messages, hashtag last one was six hours ago, hashtag anybody still in there, this was by Jacob Krasinski on January 12, 2008. Um, at 2015 UTC Friday, Kraken said that an elusive bug was still holding up the relaunch of their site in the next message Saturday morning at 9.32 UTC. It said service would resume shortly, but all orders had been canceled. Finally, at 11.30 on Saturday, Kraken systems were back on the line and by 15.47 trading had resumed. Great. In a subsequent Mia, Neil Copa blog post, Kraken gave a general explanation for the delay, and I quote, our system is replicated in development where all tests passed. However, when the new engine was moved to the production environment, regression tests picked up a new condition. Regression tests picked up a condition that proved quite difficult to track down. A more detailed breakdown of what happened and how Kraken intends to prevent such snuffers from reoccurring will come in the next few days, the company said. In the meantime, it is said Oh man, I'm gonna cut this and go to the next part. This article wraps up by saying it's more detailed breakdown of what's happening.
right, so we, we are going to the good old U.S. of A. right now. So what are we going to talk about? So the next thing to talk about is Tennessee might also recognize blockchain data through a proposed law. And this is also according to Coindesk. According to Coindesk, a lawmaker in Tennessee has filed a new bill that recognizes blockchain signatures as legal electronic records, marking the latest legislative effort to do so in recent weeks. The bill summarized the summarized to the Tennessee House of Representatives by state lawmaker Jason Powell on January 10th echoes similar pieces of legislation filed in Florida and Nebraska. The measure states, and I quote, a signature that is secured through blockchain technology is considered to be an electronic form and an electronic signature. A record or contract that is secured through blockchain technology is considered to be an electronic form and to be of electronic record. Like the other pieces of legislation, the bill clarifies that smart contracts or self-executing agreements that trigger when certain conditions are met would also have legal bearing when in Tennessee. No contract relating to a transition shall be denied legal effect, validity, or enforcement and or enforceability solely because a contract contains a smart contract term, the text reads, though the move highlights the growing interest among state lawmakers in the concept. With Arizona's government finalizing a similar law last spring, indeed, it points to a push to harmonize state laws around electronic records with blockchain-based data. But as with Florida, and Nebraska, it remains to be seen how other lawmakers will react as the measures to move through the. D- Sorry about that, but as with the efforts in Florida and Nebraska, it remains to be seen how other lawmakers will react as the measures move through the debate process. And you can also read on Coinbase's website if you look up the article. Tennessee might also recognize blockchain data through a proposed law. You can go for yourself and you can see the bill that has been produced to the House by uh, Jason Powell. I recommend you give it a look. Uh, just a little nice quick update. Just goes to show you that uh, legislators are starting to see blockchain and they're starting, well, they're starting to see cryptocurrency, they're starting to see blockchain, the technology and the power of it. And what they're doing is they're trying to move laws to make sure that uh, regulators and governments recognize um, things that have legal bearing with uh, what's going on in uh, blockchain. Um, And I will end here and let's see what other news we can find. All right, and how do we wrap today up? We wrap today up by saying that the largest cryptocurrency exchanges in the world, Binance or Binance, continues to see explosive growth in spite of price reductions across the market earlier this week because of the news that happened in South Korea. The company added 240,000 users in one hour on Wednesday, January 10th, surpassing all previous growth records. Binance's record growth this week is taking place in spite of drops across the markets and negative comments from traditional investment moguls like Warren Buffett. In response to Warren Buffett's pessimistic pessimistic comments on crypto, Binance CEO Zhao Shengpen told Bloomberg in January uh, 11th that Warren Buffett is a guy I truly respect from an investment point of view, I quote, but I do not think he understands cryptocurrencies at all. It is what it is. I still respect him in other parts of his expertise, but I think on cryptocurrencies, he's making a big mistake. Zhao told himself, well, Zhao himself is even surprised by Binance's growth, saying in the interview that the company had not expected such explosive numbers Wednesday. The company had hosted almost 5 billion in cryptocurrency trades in the past 24 hours to press time. The exchange temporarily closed new registrations last week while undergoing an update to allow for higher volumes and since has reopened them to limited numbers. Other industry insiders see the Binance success as a general sign of growth in the market and increasing adoption. Gregory Vandenberg, co-founder and CEO of Mackay, a blockchain-based wealth management firm, told Cointelegraph, quote, 
We are just at the early stage of the crypto adoption curve. Binance and other crypto exchanges are still serving the crypto early adopters. The next phase of adoption will come from the $30 trillion that is currently actively managed on behalf of high net worth individuals across the globe. Bitcoin continues trading lower on the day, however. At press time, it was averaging around $14,100 and it's up almost 4% on the day. So let's see what people have to say about this. One person says that more people are better for the market. The faster we accept crypto, the faster it gets to mainstream. Basically, somebody also said, this is recently turning out well for many people. Make over, oh, that's a scam. Wow, that's definitely a scam. I'm not gonna go through these, man. Some of these are scam, but people, here's what you need to understand. Prices are at the low right now. Buy this dip and hold on, hold on for dear life, huddle. Um, it's been good talking to y'all. Um, this is my name is Norm and this is your daily hash and that is it for today. I will see you guys with news tomorrow.